Chilson Motors with Gene Chilson, our sponsors of our Wax Farm Show podcast. At Chilson's Corner Motors of Cadott and Chilson Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram, we have an excellent selection of certified pre-owned Ram models to choose from. Purchase a certified Ram and receive our seven-year, 100,000-mile warranty and its factory-backed coverage from Ram. A certified Ram offers a great deal of confidence and peace of mind with a seven-year, 100,000-mile warranty. And we now have a great selection in stock and ready for immediate delivery. And ready to get those farm chores done. Absolutely. To see all the models, call, click, or visit Chilson's Corner Motors of Cadott on the corner of Highway 27 and X or Chilson Chrysler Dodge on Business Highway 53 or visit us on the web at chilson.com. And remember, let our family take care of your family. Hey, did you know Bluff Country Feed and Seed is your locally owned hometown feed and seed supplier located in Mondovi? Whether it's your pet or your business, they have the products and service that you need. From cows to horses to pigs and even chickens. They even offer agronomy services from seed to fertilizers and chemicals and even feed and forage sampling. Bluff Country Feed and Seed, your hometown feed and seed supplier. To learn more about Bluff Country Feed and Seed, check out their website at bluffcountryfs.com. That's bluffcountryfs.com. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Good morning. Bob Bosold and Jill Welke with you this morning here on Wax at the Shank of the Day as we've got chores to do on this Wednesday morning. A little drizzle out there. I didn't see much more than that. Jill, did you have any moisture coming in? Uh, I was drizzling on the windshield, so I had to run it a little bit. All right, but uh, no fog or anything like that to see of? No, just enough to settle the dust. All right, so again, uh, we'll have that, a chance of rain early today, then that uh, should end and uh, give us a day a lot like yesterday, temperature-wise, should be right around 70, something like that, and then 74 tomorrow, then cooling off over the weekend, although uh, not quite as cool as they said yesterday, they said uh, down in the 50s, Saturday and Sunday. Now they're saying about 60 on Sunday is uh, some heat coming back in. Next week, we'll talk about, uh, well, burgers in Russia. They're gone. We'll talk about the U.S.-Canada dairy disagreements. Wolves, are we going to get wolves off the endangered species list? That battle is going on. And more money to crop producers. And, of course, the calf report from Welke Land and Cattle Company is where? We are at 58. We had a dove had a Cora yesterday. Really? So what's Cora? Named after Office Cora. Named after Office Cora. She is the prettiest little red calf you've ever seen. Really? Long ears? Long ears and took off to the other end of the pasture, so my daughter had to take after her to get the tag in. That's what Office Cora does when she sees me. She runs the other <laughs> side of the building. So, Oh, that's good. So uh, Office Cora, the little red calf, is doing well. That's good to hear. And hopefully everybody's calving program this spring is is doing well, as we've got lots to talk about this morning, including our weather. And weather, not too bad, but uh, we'll tell you all about that. Plus other things uh, going on. Again, commodity organizations, uh, what are they, Cranberry, and what other organizations are in the midst of, uh, you know, either nominating someone or voting for someone to serve on your boards? The Potato okay. Organization and the Ginseng Board. All right. So, again, if you're in the middle of those crops, make sure uh, you get involved because those positions are very, very important. And uh, it's either nomination time or it's voting time. Also, Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin voting. That's going on. So, a lot of things happening. Department of Agriculture, Trade, and Consumer Protection always in charge of all that stuff. But weather, not too bad as we continue with the planting. Forecast brought to you by Mark Wart Motors. And don't forget, as you already know, Mark Wart has the area's largest pre-owned inventory with pre-owned vehicles arriving daily. You can check them out at home at markwartmotors.com or drive through the lots at Mark Wart Motors. Weather today, 71. Chance of a little rain early. That should be backing off. 
and maybe a chance of a little rain later tomorrow. 71 today, 74 tomorrow. Then partly sunny Friday through the weekend. 68 on Friday, 57 on Saturday for a high. Sunday at 60 and Monday at 65. Right now, it's kind of a pleasant 56 degrees and spitting a little bit outside. So again, might need the windshield wipers. You might not. Later on today, it'll it'll back off. But again, good weather for planting in most of our areas. So if you're out and about, be careful. Watch out for the equipment. Now we'll send that out to Office Cora's new namesake, Cora the Calf. Beautiful little red calf with uh, doughy eyes and red droopy ears, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Sammy Kershaw. She don't know she's beautiful. Five o'clock in Wax. This is 104.5 FM WAXX Eau Claire. Let's get the news. See if Cora made the national news. NBC News Radio. I'm Trey Thomas. Results are pouring in from the many state primaries tonight. NBC reports the Pennsylvania GOP Senate primary is going down to the wire with TV personality Dr. Mehmet Oz and former hedge fund boss David McCormick running neck and neck. Pennsylvania Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman won the Democratic nomination for Senate after suffering a stroke Friday. He delivered his acceptance speech virtually. Thank you so much for everything. During one of the hardest weeks of our lives and of this election, you made sure we all felt so supported and so loved. Fetterman's wife, Giselle, accepted the nomination on his behalf. President Biden is remembering the 10 victims of Saturday's deadly mass shooting in Buffalo. Biden said white supremacy will not have the last word. Manifesting gunmen who massacred innocent people in the name of hateful and perverse ideology rooted in fear and racism. The president's remarks came after he and First Lady Jill Biden visited with family members of the victims. The NBA is joining the fight to bring Brittany Griner back from Russia. Commissioner Adam Silver said Tuesday that he's working with WNBA Commissioner Kathy Engelbert to get the Phoenix Mercury Center out of a Russian prison. Griner was arrested in Moscow in February after airport security allegedly found vape cartridges with cannabis-derived oil in her luggage. A man is dead after a hole he was digging on a New Jersey beach collapsed. The 18-year-old was digging the hole with his younger sister Tuesday near Chadwick Beach. You're listening to NBC News Radio. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And on our weather forecast, uh, not that little misting out there that we've seen, maybe further up north and west. It might be raining a little harder, but otherwise, that should uh, move through. We should see some sun today, 71. Maybe tomorrow, a chance of some showers just passing through again later on. High of 74 on Thursday. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, partly sunny. 60s for the most part, although Saturday, high only about 57. Right now, it's 52 in Medford, 58 in Rice Lake, Wausau and Marshfield at 50. Green Bay's 48, Lacrosse 55, 50 in Madison, Sun Prairie, Milwaukee, and reporting clouds and rain down in that part of the state. Here in the Eau Claire Chippewa Falls area right now, it's not bad out there, 56 degrees. Farm markets are brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. You may know Rural Mutual Insurance as the number one farm insurer. But did you know they also offer competitive home, auto, business, and life insurance? They make it convenient to bundle your insurance while saving you time and money. Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. For those who work in acres... Not in hours. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And Rural Mutual Insurance bringing us our look at the markets again this morning, as they always do at this time, and we appreciate that. Well, Jill, where are we at for cash livestock? Choice fed beef steers are 130 to 150, with mix coming in at 101 to 129. Choice fed beef heifers are 130 to 142, with mixed at $1 to 129. 
Choice Fed Holstein steers are 122 to 133 with selects at 65 to 121. Cows are 65 to 103 with bulls at 60 to 104. Butcher hogs are 85 to 96 with sows coming in at 55 to 65. Boars are 22 to 28 with new crop market lambs 225 to 230. Feeder lambs are 225 to 315 with ewes at 70 to 140. Small goats are $25 to 150. Medium goats are 135 to 315. Large goats are $200 to 340. All right, and at the Mercantile Exchange, livestock futures, cattle prices lower across the board yesterday. Hog closed higher. June live cattle one hundred thirty three dollars even that's down seventeen. August one thirty three forty seven down forty two. October or October cattle rather one thirty nine fifty two down thirty two. December one forty five thirty five down sixty five. Feeder cattle for August one sixty six seventy seven down sixty five cents. September one sixty nine twenty two down eighty two. October down a dollar five at one seventy one thirty seven. And November. 173.10 down 97. Lean hog carcass contracts were higher. June closed 105.15. That was up a dollar 32. July hogs 107.75. That was down 295. August 107.25 down two. Or excuse me, hogs were up. So if I'm saying down, I mean up. You know what I mean. August lean hog carcass contracts 107.25 up 245. October hogs ninety one forty seven, and that was up sixty seven. On the board of trade, a mixed trade yesterday. Some profit taking early as corn was lower, beans were higher on bean oil and wheat was way up again. That situation in India, no exports coming out of there for the most part. The heat burning up the crop, also some weather problems in the wheat crop around our area in the Great Plains of Kansas. So, looking at the board this morning, corn for July down a penny at seven ninety nine. The oats up a penny at six fifty five. July wheat down nineteen cents after a big run up yesterday. July wheat this morning twelve fifty seven a bushel. July soybeans down a penny sixteen seventy six meal up a dollar ten at four hundred twelve dollars and ninety cents. Dairy markets up again yesterday. Barrel cheese two forty five a pound. Blocks two thirty seven. Butter up three cents, two seventy seven. May class three, that was up three at twenty five oh two. June twenty four fifty nine up eighteen. July twenty four forty four up nineteen. August up nineteen cents at twenty four oh nine, and September up fifteen cents at twenty three sixty five. And if you're wondering about oil, still no deals at the gas pump. It was down a dollar forty a barrel in that June oil yesterday but still sitting at $112.80 a barrel. So, again, if you're going to take that long drive around the countryside, make it a short one or go downhill a lot. Nine and a half minutes after 5 o'clock, we've got 56 degrees. Looking for about 71 today. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. A little better than halfway through May, almost halfway through the planting season, but still a lot of work to do. Let's talk about it this morning. Brad Matson joins us once again, lead agronomist with Provision Partners Cooperative. And uh, Brad, I would imagine you've spent uh, an awful lot of time in the fields already this spring, huh? Yeah, it's been uh, terribly busy and uh, things are happening really, really fast. and That's a good thing. It really is. Well, tell me what you've seen. Obviously, we see the tractors and the planters and everything, but I know as an agronomist, you get out there and get behind the machines and look at the crop that's already in. What are you seeing as far as uh, crops emerging? You got weed problems. We got what's going on out in the fields? Well, the big thing was last week, we were still worried about late planting and amazing what some 90 and 80 degree days do that we're actually out of the ground about three days earlier than we were last year um we're rolling in the hickson area on the west western side of the state we're rolling corn soybeans already uh the eastern side of, of the state they're rolling hard started this weekend so a lot of activity and a lot of progress progression happening up there uh it's also causing us a few uh uh, little headaches. We did all this planting and all spring and all that, and now this crop is coming out a little faster out of the ground, so especially on soybeans, these early planted soybeans, we're having to rethink our 
chemical strategy, and we have a, a lot of chemical short, so on the soybean side, so it's, it's making it really interesting. Also, uh, the weeds are coming up really, really fast, so it's rethinking on some of these. Are, are we going to have to spray early and then spray again and those types of things? So a lot of looking at fields case by case and trying to come up with a, a strategy that's going to work uh, for controlling weeds right now. What are some of the chemical concerns that, that you have out there and the changes that we may be having to make? Well, like products like Zidua Pro and, and Pierce and uh, uh, those types of products, which are all pre-emerged, they have to be on before the crop emerges. Um, if those were planned, now we can't use them. So Zidua SC, which can be used for post-emerge, and pre-emerge is almost non-existent right now trying to get that supply. Um, so it's it's looking at other types of products that we can go um, because we've got a lot of beans cracking. They're all different stages because of the kind of scattered planting. So coming up with a product that's going to work broad spectrum across the board. And do we just wait another week or two to spray and, and do an early, early post and then come back in? So and again, it depends on the weed pressure out there, what type of weeds we have, those types of things that's going to drive that that type of uh, situation. And we're into the, the middle of May right now, and I know your focus is on the corn and the beans, but have you kind of looked across the fence row at any alfalfa stands down uh, where you've been? Well, they've been the just field? phenomenal so far. Um, look, at right now I'm we're gearing up for a tremendous first crop around here. I uh, haven't seen hardly any winter kill. Um that warmth is just really, really stretching the hay crop. So that's looking extremely well. So that's good news for our area. It really is. But getting back to, to the corn and the beans, I mean, uh, some of this early emergence that you're seeing out there, we've had moisture, we've had wind. Uh, have we had any problem with emergence and those seeds being able to break the surface? Yeah, we've seen a, a little bit of compaction. We had some pretty good pounding rains, and when you get on some of those uh, little heavier silts and, and something with a fair amount of clay, we have been seeing some crusting, but it's been very minimal. We actually had a, you know, that corn is growing so fast, so that helps us out tremendously. Versus last year when we planted, we had the same scenario. It was cold, that corn was growing, soybeans were growing really, really slow. It was a bigger problem as far as that. So even though we're seeing a little bit of crusting, you know, what I've looked at in the last two days, I I can't really recommend going out there and doing anything. We've got rain in the forecast, so if we can get a 70-degree rain here in the next two days, that crop will just kind of blow right through it, and I don't expect really any any major problems from that. But over the weekend, we're looking at temperatures highs in the 50s. What does that tell you? Mother Nature can be uh, an obstinate little person sometimes, <laughs> just throwing us a curveball after curveball. Luckily, they're talking the lows in the high 30s, not in the low 30s, so we should uh, avert a, a frost scare. Um, most of the crops are small enough, it's not going to affect us really anyway. But, uh, yeah, we're off to such a rolling start here, just got to get kind of get a reality check and mother nature's still in control of this thing and and uh we're going to have to watch those stresses along with other stresses we put on the crop thanks brad brad matson joins us every wednesday morning bradley degronimus with provision partners cooperative so again get out there and take a look you got some uh, weed pressures out there can you handle them with what you've already got in Do you have to change compounds whatever the case may be but get out and look Coming up on 16 Minutes After 5, and we've got some news that we want to take a look at here. Burgers going to lead our stories this morning. Brought to you by Chili Implement in Chile. A lot of land comes with a lot of work. The Kubota MX Series has a lot to offer. Part of our under 100 horsepower tractor lineup, rated number one for reliability, they feature the versatility to mow, move hay bales, grade roads, and clear brush and snow. Visit your local Kubota dealer today. Go to KubotaUSA.com for full disclaimer. Visit Chili Implement in Chile, west of Marshfield on 8th, then south on Y. 715-683-2444. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And once again, Chili Implement in Chile. Brad and the gang over there bringing us our farm news this morning. And Jill, what's going on? No more Big Macs in Moscow or any place else in Russia for that matter. 
That's because McDonald's is pulling out their business, all of their business out of Russia, because of the Russians' unprovoked attacks in Ukraine. McDonald's was the first American company to set up shop in Russia when they put their first store in Moscow back in 1990, before the breakup of the former Soviet Union. Major U.S. dairy organizations continue to be frustrated with Canada's approach to the U.S.-Mexico-Canada Free Trade Agreement, and they want our government to take action. The National Milk Producers Federation and the U.S. Dairy Export Council claim the Canadian government's final changes to their tariff rate quotas are still unfair since they only allow Canadian processors access to a reserve pool of dairy products. And those groups say retaliatory tariffs are both fair and necessary against Canada since they have a list of 14 dairy tariff rate quotas on U.S. products that include milk, cream, skim milk powder, condensed milk, yogurt, ice cream, and butter. It will be interesting to see if our government, through the USDA, will take action since current Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack spent the four years prior to coming to back to the USDA as the president of the U.S. Dairy Export Council. And we found out that uh, while Mr. Vilsack was in Europe last week talking to other G7 ministers about the Ukrainian situation, he did set aside with the Canadian agriculture minister and told her that you better recheck the status of Canada as far as these tariff rate quotas because, and he said, I hope she reads between the lines about what I was telling her. So we'll see. It sounds like uh, the U.S. is not going to put up with it anymore, but uh, we'll wait and see. Final action will determine that. All right, thanks, Joe. We'll have more farm news coming up, but we're going to find out what's going on with this bird flu. Stephanie Hoff has talked to some folks. We'll find out about that next, right here on Wax. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Eleven counties in Wisconsin have had a bird flu outbreak in domestic flocks, and DATCAP recently put out an order stopping the movement of domestic birds to live shows. I'm Stephanie Hoff from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. When there is an avian influenza outbreak, it means those flocks have to be depopulated to prevent the disease from spreading. But this virus spreads in the wild, too. And here to answer what disease mitigation looks like among wild birds is DNR veterinarian Lindsay Long. Lindsay first tells us how do they quantify the impact that the avian flu has on wild birds. Well, it's a little difficult because we have to look at it by the strain that we're dealing with. So um, avian influenza viruses obviously are very unique in each other, like there's different subtypes of the viruses and there's different strains in those subtypes. And those differences create mannerisms of how um, domestic birds are impacted and also they can change how wild birds are impacted. We have a lot of what we call um, strains that we find regularly in waterfowl, especially in water birds that are what we would consider adapted or almost like variants that we find regularly that don't cause any disease in um, those populations. So they're, they'd be more like a minor inconsequential flu. They might show a little bit of being under the weather, but we don't see mortalities associated with them. And even with some of the um, high path avian influenzas, if they get over into wild birds, sometimes most of the time, you know, we really don't see a big response in wild birds. This particular um, HPAI, we actually have seen mortalities in wild birds, especially in some specific duck species and um, and in some of our raptor species. So this particular strain is having an impact on wild birds. Have you been able to get numbers on that or like our, which populations are you seeing fall? So right now, I, I don't think we would have an impact on at a population level, especially like with our migratory waterfowl. But we do see local instances, especially in some of our raptor species, where there might be fewer like nesting populations this year, especially like in, say, bald eagles in some areas. We're still learning more about this virus, and, you know, this has been an extended spring season for us where we've seen more activity. So we're going to have to monitor further on. But right now, like the major species that we've seen 
um, that have been like having clinical disease with it are like our some bald eagles, some great horned owls, and some of our other hawk species. I want to just zero in on hunters specifically for folks who are out for duck season, turkey season, or pheasant hunting. Do you foresee any changes, or is DNR talking about making any changes because of those populations? Not at this time, no. Like with turkey hunting, we have turkey hunting season ongoing right now, and I I wish all those hunters luck. I was not so lucky in my first attempts this year. But our turkey species, actually, they don't come in contact with the virus as often. So while we think of them as being a susceptible bird to avian influenza viruses, they just don't come into contact as often. And we have not detected this virus in any turkeys this year in Wisconsin. In terms of waterfowl, we've got a ways to go yet. So typically we will, in a typical year, we would see a drastic reduction in avian influenza virus activity over the summer because of sunlight, birds dispersing and not being in such close, tight-knit groups. And so there's not less, there's less transmission between birds at those points of time. So we'll see, you know, this is, like I said, this virus has been acting slightly different in terms of what birds it affects. So this summer, as those birds disperse, and we're mo- we'll continue to monitor for ill birds and mortalities so that we can investigate if we're still seeing transmission this summer yet. And I'm happy to say that I've been by the DNR pheasant operation in Poinette, Wisconsin, Tell me about the biosecurity measures that you have had to put in place to stop spreading from impacting those operations. So similar to any um, production facility, we our um, Poinette team actually had a biosecurity plan already in place with different levels, dependent on the um, risk that we have going on in the state right now. So right now they are at their tightest risk, meaning that they control movement of trucks and people that come in or out of the facility. They have very strict biosecurity practices uh, um, regarding people even going into where the pheasants are. So they've instituted something very similar to what you would think of being instituted at a um, at another, like at a production facility. How do we know if a wild bird has avian flu and what should people do about it? Well, typically what, what is easiest for people to see for species that have been affected or are actually getting diseased from this virus is the neurologic signs. That means sometimes they'll have head tremors, body tremors. They may not be able to walk properly. They may not be able to hold their wings properly. A lot of times they'll be um, swimming in circles. So we do are um, taking calls regarding waterfowl that are doing those or water birds like herons. And then, of course, our raptor species, if those signs are noted. In general, for other, like, more, and we continue to always monitor for, like, mortality events. With birds, that typically means when you notice something going on with five or more. So if you have a situation where you've noticed five sick or dead birds in one location, that's a good time to notify us as well. So that's something we do regularly. It's not just in relationship to HPAI. We have other diseases that can impact our wildlife, just like there's other diseases that can impact domestic animals as well. So, Lindsay, my neighbor here in Madison actually has a backyard flock, and I'm curious, how how should he try to keep wild birds away? Because that's another fear, right, that a, that mm-hmm. a wild bird carrying the virus can bring it into your domestic flock. The species that would ha- harbor the most risk would be, like, waterfowl. Research on songbirds and other passerines shows that there is limited, if no activity, very, very, very limited, like, I mean, super small um, activity in those birds. Like, they don't even show exposure. But to reduce risk at the best, like, if you have the backyard birds, you probably want to reduce other food, like, non-native food sources for wild birds. So you don't want to have, like, bird feeders out for wild birds if you have domestic birds at this point. You want to make sure, like, if you are a hunter or if you're going on hikes or you like to watch birds, make sure that you're not bringing that footwear or and walking through where your chickens are, right? So if you're going to waterfowl areas or wetland areas where you're going to be in muck and fecal matter, you know, following those biosecurity protocols that um, DATCAP has up for backyard birders as well as USDA are really good um, resources. Now, I want to go back to something you said earlier about warmer weather and sunlight kind of being an upside. Can you explain how does warmer weather impact the spreading of avian influenza? Are we going to see a downhill in cases now? 
We would hope so. Um, so I guess it's helping birds this first because it's also, I don't know how many of your listeners are up on up in northern Wisconsin, but we had ice up there until just very recently. So we had a lot of birds that were staging to go up to where they normally nest, but they were waiting because there was no place for them to go, right, because there was still ice out on, on a lot of lakes. So that's one way that they disperse, and so they start to disperse out to the nesting sites, so they're going to be moving up, moving out further. With the virus, the virus doesn't like sunlight. UV rays actually help to reduce the amount of, or of virus in the environment as well. Unfortunately, as you can imagine, like where you have like a lot of mud and things where in waterways, you could have prolonged virus activity in those areas if, if it's exposed. But in most cases, we start to see less available virus in both birds and in the environment when it, as it warms up. And that's a good thing. And hopefully it's going to warm up and get rid of this bird flu this time around. Lindsay Long with the DNR speaking with our Stephanie Hoff. We'll find out how the markets are going if sunshine helps the markets. Rocky's going to join us from over at Premier Livestock Neck. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And it is time to check some of those markets. Let's get over to Premier Livestock and with you. Rocky is up and at him. Well, can't put turkey on the table, put beef on the table. You haven't got a turkey yet, have you? No turkey. No well, turkey. Oh, never never had it so tough. I don't know. So, <laughs> just makes it sweeter when you get one. That's right. You're not quitting, though. I'm not quitting. We're going to go out next week yet again. Just bought a, they had an over-counter tag left, so we'll go after him, yep. Good boy. All right. Take the kids with you? You bet you always do. All right. Well, hopefully you'll, uh, one of you will get one. What's going on at the markets this week over at Premier? Uh, thank you, Bob. Uh, good morning, everyone. This is uh, yesterday's special feeder cattle auction shaped up. We sold right at 650 head of feeder cattle yesterday. New crop beef calves uh, still, despite all the corn markets being up and everything, the market was very strong, mostly 140 to $2 a pound on the new crop calves. Yearlings, 130 to 175 We sold right at 100 head of bred beef cows and beef breeding bulls. Most spring calving beef cows brought 1100 to 1650 Beef breeding bulls of service age, mostly 1100 to 2200 Next special feeder cattle auction, beef cow and beef breeding bull auction will be on June 7th. Today, Wednesday, uh, dairy cattle auction, 11 o'clock a.m. start time. we got our hay auction at 9.30. On the dairy cattle auction, we do have a complete herd dispersal of 60 Holstein parlor cows. Uh, they are grazing adapted cows, 65-pound uh, average, somatic cell count of 161, and they sell on test. Uh, many other top consignments of fresh cows, many top spring and heifers, one very, very fancy group of spring and heifers. Uh, if you're looking uh, for uh, breeding bulls, we got Holsteins, we got some registered Jersey bulls, and we even have a Guernsey breeding bull today. Questions, give us a call at Premier, 715-229-2500. Don't forget, we know you guys are all busy in the field, but good thing you can bid online. So check that out uh, on Cattle USA. You can bid right from the tractor to us. Uh, check us out, like I said, on our website at premierlivestockandauctions.com. Reminder, machinery auction, June 17th. We know you guys are super busy. Looks like we got a couple rain days coming up here. Um, get that machinery in this week. Really appreciate it. If you do want to be included in the advertising, uh, we do have our advertising deadline of next week on Tuesday. If you want to get it in all the newspapers, uh, hard deadline equipment has to be in by June 6th. But like I said, if you want it in the papers get it in by next tuesday so that's the way it shaped up bob right and, uh, a lot half full of equipment or three quarters it, full? It, it's probably about half full but okay. we have uh two full lines of equipment uh that are not even there oh, yet boy. so right. they're hope it's, it's tough to tough to get it in when everybody's farming boy, you know? that is for sure that is for sure hey thanks rocky we'll talk to you in the morning thank you there he goes that's rocky over there premier livestock in withy Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, what's the weather for farming or anything else you want to do here? Let's find out. Mike Dandry is over in the weather room. Skywarn 13 brought to you by Chippewa Valley Bean this morning. Well, Mike, not uh, not too bad, although it's going to cool off a little bit. Just when we thought we were going to consistently be in the 70s, not going to happen, huh? Right. We've got a little bit to unpack here. Uh, first off, while well, we have those showers that move through the overnight, we'll hang on to that cloud cover throughout the mid-morning. By the early afternoon, most of those clouds will have uh, cleared out, especially a little further towards the south. 
That can give way to a little bit of sunshine, but I'll emphasize that that'll likely be brief. We'll have more clouds roll in and chances for showers and even some thunderstorms later on this afternoon. Off towards the northeast, some of them may be a little on the stronger side. The severe threat does remain low, but it's something still uh, may want to stay sky aware going into this afternoon. Those will be rather quick movers, though, and then going into tonight, partly cloudy conditions as our temperatures dip to around the low 50s. By tomorrow, we'll start off with some sunshine, even a little bit of patchy fog early on. Otherwise, going into the afternoon, another chance of showers and thunderstorms. Again, some of these could be on the stronger side. Our highs tomorrow, likely going to be that warmest day when we're in the low to mid-70s. Then going into Thursday night, we dip to around the mid-50s with those chances for uh, showers and thunderstorms continuing through later in the night. By Friday morning, those chances starting to diminish a little bit, otherwise mainly cloudy. Highs, temperatures starting to cool off a little bit. Highs getting into the mid-60s. And by Friday night, mostly cloudy conditions. Actually a pretty chilly night ahead, too, as we'll dip into the low 40s. By Saturday, have a slight chance at some showers, otherwise mainly cloudy. But our highs even cooler in the mid to upper 50s. Uh, so it's going to be a, a rather chilly weekend because Sunday will have mostly sunny conditions, but still only getting into those upper 50s. By Monday and Tuesday, still below average, but slightly warmer into those mid-60s. But that brings us a couple chances at some showers. Otherwise, right now in Eau Claire, we're looking at just a few sprinkles out there and a temperature of 55 degrees. Yeah, it doesn't look like uh, anything that's really going to slow us down as far as planting progress is concerned. Might uh, a little bit, but not uh, not a complete halt. Right. Going into uh, Saturday night and uh, Sunday night as well, may want to cover your plants, especially if you're a little further uh, towards the north, just because some of our lows will dip into those uh, upper 30s. So it's something that we'll want to watch going into the weekend. All right. But uh, corn, soybean planting, full speed ahead. Full speed ahead. All right. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> Thank you, Bob. There he goes, Mike Dandry over at Skywarn 13. Looking at our weather on wax. Brought to you by Chippewa Valley Bean of Menominee. Chippewa Valley Bean is excited to welcome spring and all the opportunity it brings. And as you think about what you're planting in your fields, Chippewa Valley Bean wants you to consider growing a crop of kidney beans. Kidney beans are a great addition to your rotation and bring great value back to your farm. If you're looking for new opportunities for your farm, give their agronomist Ben a call at 715-556-1930. That's 715-556-1930. Or visit them at cvbean.com. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And let's get into the newsroom and check on some of our local news this morning. Morgan joins us. Are you jealous at all that Cora, our office Cora, got a calf named after her and you didn't? As long as the next one is Carthy, then I'm okay. <laughs> I know you're on the letter C right now and that's all I can offer no, in terms of... the letter of... K. They're spelling Cora with a K. All the calves oh. are named after a K, so... Okay. I've seen some McCarthy spelled with a K. There you go. Uh, I right. think that's on deck next then. Right. then. Then I'll try to hold it together and there won't be too much jealousy in the office all here right. with office Cora. Well, the, she's looking for a nice ornery calf and she'll name that one Carthy. Oh, great. I can see the personality similarities already, <laughs> oh, right? Oh, so can I. Yeah. Absolutely. What's going on? From some 715 Newsroom headlines, we're going to keep them pretty close to our area as Dunn County starts us out. Good morning. Here's what we're learning today. It was yesterday that that uh, came through from authorities that the search in the Red Cedar River was underway, and that will continue today. Police say a 23-year-old man went under the water while swimming and never resurfaced. Officers searched the river for a man for hours, and they're expecting to be back out on the river later today to continue that search. In Barron County, we have an update after the house fire that we talked about last week. Investigators there identifying the victims. A little 715 newsroom coverage here with John DeMaster tells us that, though the cause of that fire is still under investigation. The city's police chief yesterday said 44-year-old Donald Albee, 6-year-old Connor Albee, and 5-year-old Emily Albee all died in that fire last Thursday. Donald Albee's girlfriend, the woman who owned the home, escaped with just minor injuries. An autopsy says it appears the children died from smoke inhalation. Nobody's saying what caused the fire. I'm John DeMaster. Well, goats could become a permanent part of Wausau's park management plan. Move over lawnmowers. City committee last night okayed a new ordinance that would allow for goats inside of the city limits. Now, they actually used a herd last year to get rid of some invasive plants. And uh, as you know, goats just simply ate them like they do so many other things, right? Park managers say that the new ordinance would give them the option to use goats every year or at different parks. The park that they used it at uh, most recently was Barker Stewart Island, if you're from 
familiar with the Wausau area. Not a bad idea, right? And we go to Fond du Lac, where it seems somebody had a very routine lunch. A Wisconsin man now celebrating 50 years of eating two Big Macs a day. Don Gorski of Fond du Lac has counted every Big Mac that he's ever eaten. The total is now over 32 thousand says he'll keep on doing it it's worked for him this long i'm morgan mccarthy and now you are up to date on wax 104.5 and if he lived in russia he would eat no more big Macs. did you hear that story i did they're ending that that was my first job though working at mcdonald's was my first job i'm a firm believer that everybody should work food service for at least a little bit in their life it gives you a totally different perspective yeah i attended bar going through college so anytime you're dealing with consumers like that it's an interesting occupation that's for sure now you tend to be on the other side of the bar versus tending bar right (laughs) that's right i give bartenders a lot of slack oh absolutely they're a part therapist more often than not tell me about that i heard a lot of stories but you know i applaud those people in wausau that are the city council of doing common sense things bring Mm -hmm. goats in and get rid of those invasive species they're you know goats eat everything yeah they yeah. do and that's a common sense approach so yep. congratulations i agree and you don't All have right. to hound anybody to get on the lawnmower not that i'd be talking about <laughs> alex or anything but oh, i'm looking no. into a herd of goats no. that's all i'll say uh-uh. and, and you know the thing is he can get on the motor he doesn't have to push it i know he just rides it around oh boy <laughs> And it's still a wonder if he can get back. Do you ever stop and ask for directions? <laughs> Depends on how far off our acreage he goes. <laughs> I've seen him wandering. Oh, that can happen. <laughs> All right, we'll see you later. It's a deal, Bob. All right, there goes Morgan looking at the news here on WAC. Quarter to six at WAC, and we've got markets to get to and some other stuff. But, Jill, looks like some money coming out to the country. Over 220,000 crop farmers will soon be sharing in about $6 billion in disaster aid from the federal government. The money is to help cover losses covered b- caused by natural disasters in 2020 and 2021. The money is part of a $10 billion aid package passed by Congress last fall to cover production losses from drought, hurricanes, wildfires, and other natural disasters. And also, Congressman Tom Tiffany in 7th District in Wisconsin is leading the effort to remove the gray wolf from the endangered species list. He has a a group of uh, members of Congress that are introducing this bill, permanently delist the gray wolf in the lower 48 and ensure that action is not subject to judicial review. And he and other congressmen from Wisconsin and other states, mainly the uh, Great Lakes states, are involved in that. And also the Wisconsin Corn Foundation has announced their scholarships and one of those scholarships is going to Alexis Kwok, who's down at the university in Madison. And uh, Alexis is currently, <laughs> this is unreal, studying political science, international studies, and Chinese at the University of Wisconsin in Madison. Now, she comes home to Menominee and Prairie Farm. She's not going to be able to practice that very much, but uh, Alexis, again, Got a scholarship from uh, the Wisconsin Corn Foundation. So uh, good work to all those students. Hey, we've got markets to get to. We'll do that next right here on Wax. Brought to you by Christensen Sales. Auction schedules online at ChristensenSales.com. On Thursday, June 23rd at noon, Christensen Sales Corporation of Abbotsford will conduct the Katie Bryan sale on Wonder Road near Phillips. The sale includes 75 acres with 32 acres tillable, a five-bedroom, two-story home, 34 by 94 foot barn, a machine shed, also a heated and insulated shop. There will also be an open house on Saturday, June 4th at 10.30. That's the Katie Bryan Land and Building Auctions, June 23rd at noon near Phillips from Christensen Sales of Abbotsford. And we do have uh, markets to get to, but speaking of Northside Elevator, you know, they've been around about 75 years now. They're going to expand. They're going to move west. And uh, they have announced they're constructing a new $20 million agronomy facility in Stanley. And, of course, uh, that'll help uh, bring them over to the western, more western part from Loyal. So, uh, Northside Elevator, we'll find out more about that. We'll call those people and find out what their timetable is and all that sort of stuff. But in the meantime, we got to get to markets, Jill. Let's hear what Jim Lindsay has to say about Equity El Tuna. Choice beef steers and heifers dollar fifteen to a dollar forty. We had a top of a dollar forty two. Choice dairy cross steers and heifers dollar ten to a dollar thirty five. High yielding choice and prime Holstein steers a dollar twenty five to a dollar thirty two. We had a top of a dollar thirty three and a half. 
Choice Holstein steers dollar ten to a dollar twenty four. Select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers dollar nine and down. Top twenty percent of the cow cows sold from seventy eight to ninety one. We hit a top of ninety six. Sixty percent of the cows sold from fifty eight to seventy seven. The bottom twenty percent of the cows sold from fifty seven and down. Organic market on Tuesday, eighty percent of the organic cows sold from eighty five to a dollar eight. We had a top of a dollar eleven. Bottom twenty percent of the organic cows sold from eighty four and down. Cull bulls sold from seventy to a dollar. We had a top of a dollar three. Thin, full, horn, and lightweight bulls all discounted. Eighty percent of the ninety-five pound and up Holstein bull calves sold from forty to one hundred and twenty-five dollars per head. Light and poor quality calves sold from forty dollars per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from seventy-five to two hundred and twenty-five dollars per head. Our next special feeder sales this Friday, May twentieth at noon. All feeder sales are live at on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at seven one five. 835-3104 to check out our early consignments. Go to the Equity Livestock Market Consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. Loyal Wisconsin is ready for a party, and it'll happen in July. It's Farm Tech Fest, the newest addition to Clark County Farm Technology Days. It'll feature Madison County, Sawyer Brown, and headliner Joe Nichols. Camping, food, and fun Wednesday night, July 13th, just south of Loyal. Tickets on sale now at farmtechfest.com. Sponsored by Partners Bank, Rooney Grain, Wax Radio, Zastro the Beer Man, Forward Insurance, Munson Bridge Winery, Colby Chrysler, RZ Builders, and Rural Mutual Insurance. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Ah, getting late here already. We've got uh, work to do and uh, not a lot of time to do it. Some of that work is to go to the Equity Stratford Sale Bar and check in with Jerry Fitzgerald. Morning, Jerry. Well, Bob, and a good morning to you. Uh, all kind of a nice, uh, relative and overcast morning, but nice temperatures this morning. Uh, uh, really easy on the people and the livestock, so I don't think we're, we don't have to look at any of that extreme heat like we had last week. But, boy, on the other end of the spectrum, uh, I would, uh, if you're living up north, of course, uh, what, what's north in Wisconsin? Anything north of Highway 21 or what? I don't know, but uh, if they're living up north, they're living up there for a reason. They like it that way up there, that's for sure. Hey, how's the markets going this week so far? All right, Bob, we'll tell the folks about that. I thank you, and a very good morning to everyone. Summary from the first couple of days here at Equity Stratford. First of all, we'll start with the uh, auction from yesterday, Tuesday. Uh, every Tuesday, of course, we do sell organic market cattle. Um, the good quality, higher yielding organic cows on yesterday's sale, selling in the strong market on the organics from a dollar ten to a dollar eighteen and a half. Lower yielding organic cows, ninety five and below. On the conventional market type cows yesterday, high yielding Holstein cows on yesterday's auction were selling from seventy eight to ninety. Uh, most of the cows yesterday were selling between 58 and 77, thinner cows below 58. On the bull trade this week so far, better quality bulls mostly from 90 to 103, lighter weight bulls below 85. Uh, and the calf market, hosting bull calves mostly from 75 to 150. Uh, top so far at 165. Heifer calves uh, selling between 30 and 75. Beef calves are uh, mostly from 150 to 300. Uh, so far this week, we've had those up to 380. And we are at Wednesday already here, so we get started this morning at Equity Stratford this morning. Busy marketing day today. We start at 10 o'clock with the market auction. Uh, of course, we sell market cows today. Uh, Wednesday, we do feature uh, fed cattle, so we'll be selling a lot of those today also, along with market bulls, baby calves, sheep, hog, and goats. 12 noon today will be our feeder cattle auction. And as part of that feeder sale today, we also will be selling beef breeding bulls. So if you're looking for those, We'll have that auction about start 12, 12, 15 this afternoon. Then looking ahead a little bit to next week. Uh, we do have a special dairy sale coming up here next Tuesday, already May 24th. Very nice herd of cows, folks, if you're looking for some really good cows. Uh, complete herd dispersal, about 55 of these top quality registered great Holsteins. 100% AI breeding, AI breeding. Uh, uh, the herd is currently averaging around 75 pounds of milk. Very good components at 421 butterfat, 31 protein, a very low semantic of 110. So those cows will be offered here at Equity Stratford next Tuesday. So mark that on your calendars. I know you guys are busy, but uh, if you're looking for some good cows, we'll have them next Tuesday. And uh, like Bob said, it's uh, getting close to 6 o'clock, so we'll send her back to you, Bob. You folks enjoy the day, but again, be careful. A lot of field work being done, and uh, 
Uh, well, we got to get at her because we're already in the second half of May. So you guys enjoy the day, and Bob, I'll talk to you tomorrow morning. Thanks, Jerry. We'll be here. Jerry Fitzgerald over at the Equity Stratford Sale Barn. Ready for a night of country music? Loyal Wisconsin is Farm Tech Fest, hosted by Ray Lakers and Rustic Occasions just south of Loyal on Wednesday night, July 13th. Farm Tech Fest, B-Train, Madison County, Sawyer Brown, and headlining Joe Nichols. On-site camping's available. Get your tickets now at farmtechfest.com. That's farmtechfest.com. Sponsored by Partners Bank, Rooney Grain, Wax Radio, Zastro the Beer Man, Forward Insurance, Munson Bridge Winery, Colby Chrysler, RZ Builders, Rural Mutual Insurance. When you don't have the right tools for the job, hard work just gets harder. But with an LS tractor from Synergy Cooperative, you'll have the right tool every time. These heavy-duty tractors are loaded with features, providing the quality, capacity, and comfort for you every time. Be ready for spring with a new LS tractor and attachments including tillers, rotary cutters, box blades, and more. Visit Synergy Co-op in Ridgeland to experience the LS difference. Test drive today. Customer-owned, community-minded. And Synergy Co-op bringing us our markets on the Board of Trade. Corn was uh, down yesterday, some profit-taking, beans up on a uh, better demand for bean oil. And the wheat situation really higher yesterday with the India problem with dry weather and exports and even weather in the Great Plains of our country. But overnight, we had July corn go down a penny at seven ninety nine. The oats up one at six fifty five. July wheat down nineteen overnight, twelve fifty seven. Soybeans down a penny at sixteen seventy six, and meal up a dollar ten at four hundred twelve dollars and ninety cents a ton. Country elevator prices. Doomer's Grain of Holman and Buck Country Arcadia. Corn is at seven fifty nine with soybeans at sixteen forty three. Wheat and grain, Chippewa Falls and Connorsville locations. Corn is at seven thirty eight with soybeans at sixteen twenty two. On the DTN screen, corn about unchanged, soybeans up about thirty cents as we have golden plump corn today, seven seventy two at Baldwin and Mondovi. Corn seven twenty nine, soybeans sixteen oh seven. Durand has a corn at seven twenty four, beans at sixteen oh seven, Elmwood seven twenty nine and sixteen twelve. 719 for the corn at Fall Creek, 1597 on the beans. Osseo, soybeans, 1611, no quote on the corn. Elk Mound, 737 corn, 1624 on the beans. Sparta, 733 and 1622. Ellsworth, 719 and 1585 at the ethanol plants. Boycefield corn is 771. Stanley, 749 to Richmond, 745. Barrel cheese up three and a quarter, 245. Blocks up a half, 237. Butter up three cents, 277 a pound. May class three up three at 2502. 18 higher on June, 2459. July up 2444. August, 2409. That's up 19. And September up 15 at 2365. And again, temperatures in the low 70s the next couple of days. Chance of uh, some showers the next couple of days off and on, mainly up to the north. But uh, should.